From Yoga and Ayurveda Living, I am Kelly Marie Mills. This is The Dosha Life, a podcast for wellness seekers, curators of happiness, and lovers of healthy living. This podcast is for people interested in tools, remedies, and ancient wisdom coming from Yoga and Ayurveda. Welcome to my happy place. This is series five. It's episode three already. I know, I often say that. But time is flying. You are on Yoga and Ayurveda in perception. To perceive is to understand according to your own past experience. But to also accept the pressures of our will to be who we are right now, and our desire to change or sustain what we would like to become or are becoming. So there is often a constant mini-struggle, a little bit of a tug-of-war, going on internally if we are listening. It can often start with a simple, tiny decision of will I do this or that, will I eat this or that. And for me it comes, not so much now, but in the past, sitting and working, and whether to, it sounds so terrible, whether to actually get up and get a drink of water or not, to plow on without the water. And... I found that, and so I started to do an inquiry with it, and found that now I have allowed that destructive behavior to relax and remind myself that without that water, I am not going to be able to use my brain as well. And for me, honestly, change of any sort, from what I know, it's never easy. And it's most especially not easy when it comes to our loving heart. This is the personality heart, the heart of love of all, of doing our best for others and also allowing others into our loving heart. And it is linked very much to our unconditional love, but the unconditional loving heart actually allows the ebb and flow of life without pain linked to it. So it's known as the unstruck heart. It is the heart of life itself. But going back to the emotional heart that can be broken into pieces, that can be devastated, and we feel as if our lives will never find a way forward, this heart is actually helping us to change. This heart is helping us to really feel into those emotions so that we can empty before we fill again. And it could take a long time, but it also could be quite quick. It depends, I think, on what has happened. 
it depends on your own personal experience and your past background. So everything is very linked to our past, to what's going on right now in our perception, and then what we would see as the future. The second part to perception is what most of us understand, is to change for the sake of what we want to become. Wiser, I think, I think most of us want wiser, happier, healthier, in some format, you know, we, we might say, I'd like to be healthier, but in our mind we're saying, I'd like to be able to walk 5K every day or three times a week or something like that, you know, that we have some sort of signal of it. But when you break things down, looking at what this desire is, it's probably one of those wiser, happier, healthier. Maybe you're seeking to learn some yoga, but actually you probably want some silence in your mind or a sense of calmness or stress relief. This is where silence comes in. Or does anyone seek a sense of peace? That's actually something I wished for for years and years. And it's probably one of the strongest reasons I began learning yoga practices. And my perception of yoga back then was practically zilch. I didn't really know anything about it. And it wasn't something on television either. The desire to try out yoga was probably from the signs locally in Bandon from my own teacher and the few small experiences of meditation in my youth when I lived in Japan with my family. And also Hawaii was instilled with a lot of deep cultural practices. And although it was limited, I do think that it did slide into tiny crevices in my mind. And they were looking around, waiting to have space to grow a bit more. You want yoga. Yes, you do. <laughs> you want yoga. Ah, if she teaches yoga, you are doing yoga now. <laughs> but it really took years if you read my bio on the website. Perceptions and experience can vary so much that I still remember the day when I was helping with horses in a stable in, in Kill in County Kildare. And in fairness, these people were so nice. They were the Hutchinsons. And they let me mooch around their stables, like, as Prince would say, doing something close to nothing. I was very good at that. I was a stranger in a strange land. And just 17. And suddenly I had a lot of freedom, which I didn't really have back in the U.S. And one of the girls who was helping, she found out I was from, quote unquote, from Hawaii. And she was like, oh, wow, it must be so different here. And I was like, well, yeah, n not that much, because, you know, the year that we came, the summer was pretty good. And I don't recall it raining and that we were housebound. Although I could have preferred that, uh, because we did so much touring and my parents ooing and aahing at all the gorgeous, delicate landscape of this country and at that age you know you couldn't give a flying hoot about different colors in the sky and breeze and fog to me if I saw one green field I certainly felt like I saw them all but it has definitely changed don't worry <laughs> but I think it was such a shock when I moved here initially anyway but the little girl she had said a little girl she was probably my age the young girl when she was asking me about living in Hawaii she was really surprised that I lived in a house that I didn't live in a grass, a grass hut, because she was asking, like, how did we all live together in one room and have no flooring? 
<laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, we did. <laughs> we lived in a house, <laughs> a real house. <laughs> but this is youthful perception, lack of information. And <laughs> just not really, you know, obviously her perception was quite different to mine. I didn't know what to expect in Ireland. As you see from our past experience, and that also includes education, understanding, misunderstanding, imagination, and also misinformation coming from others, that we begin to build our own library of information, our own natural belief systems come, and they're not always affected by who we live with. We can often have our own strong belief systems growing out of not so much who we live with, but those people that we are surrounding ourselves with. What yoga and Ayurveda offer us is gifts to help sustain a fully rounded sitting point from which to view experiences, so that our past experience will always be that, and we can sit with knowing that I love that person, I enjoy that person's company, I don't like that person for run one reason or many, but that years later I might have changed myself and have hopefully come less attached to any pain or hurt or aversions and our like and dislikes to someone may be from not liking what they represent to us. Maybe it's a behavior that we lived with that was very similar and we just don't want to invite that into our lives anymore. And of course, I'm not referring to any extreme behaviors. This, in fairness, it does have a different course because of what it leads to, but that's actually not for this episode. So what does that mean that um, Yoga and Ayurveda offer us gifts to help sustain a fully rounded sitting point? It's because... Yoga and Ayurveda are trying to help us with the karma curve. So yes, I do believe karma is a minx. <laughs> and it keeps coming back around until we have learned how to navigate it, how to change the result we're receiving from that pattern, how to change the result that we receive from that conditioning, from that behavior. And if something isn't working for you, if you keep doing the same thing and you still want change, you still want a different result and you find, this just isn't working. Why, why doesn't this ever work? My life is so hard. Why can't I have that petrol car and put diesel into it? <laughs> or the other way around. It doesn't work. Why can't I eat this or that and still not get some digestive issues or imbalances or skin difficulties that arrive? Why does this keep happening? This is karma. If you find you're saying that, that's karma arriving. That's past patterns arriving. And the reactivity of our personality mind is showing up. If something isn't working, and you probably have over the course of a year or more, tried and tried. And for many of us, we've tried for several years, still saying yes, when we sort of have an inkling that we should be saying no. Still overworking, still eating too much chocolate, still exhausted, still feeling like we're foundering, and still wanting to fit better in clothes, 
And but hey, what's one piece of apple crumble and lots of custard going to do? This is a mind field, people. Mind field. It's your field for your mind. And we can close the gate to the things that we do not need. And we can help ourselves by working with the digestive power of our perception. I know. That's fascinating, isn't it? That our perception, our intellect, our discernment has its own agony. So I did something on agony in series two. Well, I did a whole thing on agony and digesting our life. So have a listen to that if you haven't, or even re-listen to it, because there's so much information in a lot of these early episodes. One of the ways to develop our agony, our fire of perception, which actually comes from our subtle pitta dosha, which is known as tejas, is to first check your judgment by doing your best to stand back and work out what you are hearing or learning and is it the absolute whole truth or is it mixed with half-truths or not-truths? Is it coming from someone else's perception which, as you've heard from all that when we started, it can be a little deficient from someone else? Is it direct from one person to you and correct? So check your judgment. Sitting back and finding the whole view and is it the absolute truth? Did you look at it full circle? For me, that's been a great tool. Because what I found was then that I could relax because I know that it's probably not the whole truth. I relax and try and find just my truth in what's happening. That for me, this is it. But I also know that there's another side. There's an east side, a west side, <laughs> west side, a west side, a south side, a north side. And then there's my side. And sometimes we're lucky and we can stand back and get the complete view of everyone else. But this begins to change how we see the situations that we live in. So number, well, the second one, number two, I have it numbered. Um, check your own gut instinct. Gut instinct is more like the animal instinct. It's the basic instinct of what you know. And it can take just a little tweak. So that's why I put the judgment first and finding the whole truth. Because when you actually put that up as a pause point, then your gut instinct can begin to grow and inform you better. We can really slow down our lives. We can honestly go less fast. The pace of our life can be torrential, but the pace of our life can be slow and kind and gentle and the years will pass exactly the same, but our face, our body, our mind, our heart will be different between one attitude or the other. When we live slower, we allow for our judgment to be checked and our gut instinct to arrive. Our own 
perception and past experience help to filter our gut instinct? Gut instinct is something, sorry, that's my tummy rumbling. Gut instinct is something internal and it begins to flower when you start to listen to your own perception, to recognize it only as your own perception, which is filtered from your past experience. And in these first two practices, you're really allowing your voice to stand up for your right to listen to yourself. How can other people hear us if we don't even listen to ourselves? The third point I feel is, is trust. Trust in the growing wisdom which helps develop your discernment. So a young woman I was speaking to, she was like, I'm not really sure what discernment is. And I just said to her, discernment is the knowing of what's best. It's the knowing of, of what's best for you. But discernment is extremely soft and gentle. It's not hugely judgmental and harsh. But it can be if we really have to stand our ground. It's the initiation of standing our ground is this discernment. So if you find someone is really forceful and aggressive, this is not discernment. This is actually a behavior coming from something else. Discernment is allowing us to listen to all the parts of our being and then to make a decision from that point of openness. Being able to work out if the situation is as dramatic as our personality mind might perceive or if it's just another phase or change that's necessary for us to also morph and awaken to the beauty of life without fear and resistance. This is where we, we start to fall into our own truth without fear and resistance in our life can change everything. Letting go of all the stuff of the personality mind telling me from old, old, old information. That's how old I am. <laughs> and the fourth point I had was just when we begin to build on trust, sitting, remember yesterday, sorry, Monday I started with just sitting, Sitting enables us to sit when we feel harassed, to sit when we feel we have better things to do. And that's our personality mind telling us that this is boring and I just don't want to stay here. I have to do this business. The, you are not as important as this job I have to do. I have to go and hoover. And like today I have so many jobs to do outside of the house, but I know that I also need to sit and spend time with this being that I am to honor her, to honor all of my experiences and give time because no one else will find my words of value unless I do. To begin to live authentically through our own experiences shining out through our words, through our actions, our behaviors. This then 
is using our perception to live with happiness. One of the things about sitting with our own mind is that we can see an openness growing. We can see how our dramatic mind wants to take hold of everything and make a big problem out of a situation. Opening to hold the drama and the angst and the pain in our own mind field, not mind field, mind field. But then we have that choice to say, oh yeah, that's just that little part of me that wants to be very dramatic or go back into really old patterns of behaviors that served me for that time. But right now, this behavior isn't working for me. I have to be able to be this newness. When we begin to understand the magnitude of equanimity, we start to see the value of sitting. It could be so brief that you stop sitting because nothing is happening. <laughs> that's what a lot of people do. Nothing is happening, so I'm just going to give it up. And that's okay. You know, that's a part of the process is dropping it and picking it up again. It's a part of being human. And, and when you can understand that the human nature is this flitty, flighty, vata type of mind initially, of course, it's going to find being anchored sitting or standing is not something vata wants to do. They want to get going. And so the, the mind just needs a little bit of corralling, a little bit of leading into the sitting and to be reminded that, yes, indeed, vata, you are very important. Yes, indeed, pitta will flower from this sitting and kapha can hold a lot of space for us as long as we are not dozy. In the end, if you do seek change, because I was talking about detoxification in the previous episode, I felt that perception often is the start. And when we seek change, it is hard to come to that conclusion that you need to take your foot off the brake because our foot is often on the brake and we don't even know it. Instead, we need to start pressing the accelerator and let life flow through us rather than living as we once did and not even knowing that we're really attached to it. Continue as you are with this desire for change and openness, flowering, trust, and pressing, yes, I want change. Yes, I want to release myself from old judgments and open to gut instinct and allow my discernment to awaken. All of these help with the detoxification processes by beginning with our mind. And you could even just start today, starting to write things down first thing in the morning of what you see your life with. You might have a whole list of things. You might just have one or two words. But taking our foot off the brake actually enables us to move forward. It is our personality mind that finds change extremely difficult. It is not our authentic self. Our authentic self is waiting to move into the being that we are meant to be. It's sort of like feeling like our shadow is behind us all the time or in front of us and suddenly your shadow joins with you, that everything just 
combines together easily without you having to do a dance. Do you remember when you were little and the sun was shining, you'd go out and <laughs> you'd try and work out what the shadow was. And oh, for years, that poem by Robert Louis Stevenson was one of my favorite. But continue to press change. Taking off the brakes to turn old karma paths that would certainly make us all wake up to say, what? This again? What you find is that although we are open to moving into something new, sometimes we go back to the past patterns to feel familiar again and cozy up to them. And then we wake up and we're like, yeah, that really didn't work, did it? So for me, I'm going to head now to batch bake for the week to make my almond cookies from Kate O'Donnell's cookbook. It's her first one. She does have a second one out. And in about 25 minutes, you're going to be able to smell them cooking from here. So call over for a herbal. I look forward to chatting to you all in the next episode. And if you want to buy me a coffee, go ahead and go into the show notes and click the link. It takes you to a cute little page and you can help to support the podcast. If you're ever interested in working with me, you can Google my business and the link is also in the show notes. There's lots of links there actually for my Facebook page, my Instagram. When I have upcoming events, they will be announced in the Kelly Zone. And yeah, I look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye now. Here you will find Monday's meditations, Tuesday's episodic series, Friday's relaxations, interviews with very cool people. There's spiels from Kelly, that's me, on bits that she forgot to say, very normal, or has to say. And Kelly's own are surprise bits and things that you need to know. If you want to help, the best thing to do is download the episodes. Subscribe, follow, rate, review, all help. Thank you to everyone listening. I thank the Vidyas who have opened my mind and helped me to bring this information to a wider, loving audience. But for now, I look forward to chatting to you in the next episode.